Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Have you ever read a book or watched a movie and it had an impact on your life? I mean, the kind of movie that when you wake up the next day, it's still in your thoughts and you think about it for a few days, you're perspective on life changes some, at least for, for a time. Your life is altered by it somehow. It's just on your mind. You're kind of consumed by it. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I like movies that impact me like this. Many years ago, I, many, many years ago, I saw uh, Saving Private Ryan, and the movie gripped me. I thought about it for days, and my perspective changed. My understanding grew. It just was so vivid. A few, uh, few years back, I read the novel The Giver juvenile novel, a book that makes you think about life and purpose. Certain things in life change us, transform us, they make us think. Well, speaking of change and transformation, today we celebrate the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus. The word transfiguration means a complete change of form or appearance into a more beautiful or spiritual state. 1,500 years before Christ, God called Moses to the mountaintop, and he stood in the holy presence of the Lord. When he came down the mountain and returned to his people, his face shined so brightly that people stepped back in fear. He covered his face with a veil. Moses was transfigured. It's different. Fast forward about 800 years from that point to the prophet Elijah, God performed many miracles through him, raising the dead, bringing fire down from the sky, flying up to heaven alive in a whirlwind. They also wondered, was Elijah the Messiah? And then we fast forward another 800 years or so, and we come to today's gospel story, the transfiguration. Jesus climbed the mountain to pray, taking Peter, John, and James along. And while he prayed, his face changed and his clothes became blinding white, just like Moses. But wait, there's more. Two men were talking with Jesus, Moses and Elijah, also blinding white and radiant. It was glorious. And they spoke to one another about what was next for Jesus, his death and resurrection, transfigured. And this time there were witnesses. Granted, the disciples fell asleep almost immediately, but they were there, and they saw it with their own eyes. Overwhelmed, it was Peter who blurted out this crazy idea about making dwellings for the three of them, since we're all here together. Let's, let's create homes and let's, let's settle. And in that moment, a light, radiant cloud surrounded them. Buried in the cloud, they became deeply aware of God, and they heard God's voice. This is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. And when the sound of the voice died away, they saw Jesus there alone, and they were speechless. And they continued speechless, and said nothing to anyone of what they had seen. Well, how could they? Who would have believed it, understood it? During the invasion of Russia, the French leader Napoleon was separated from his troops, and he was spotted by Cossacks. He ran for his life into a fur shop, saying, save me. The shopkeeper pointed to a pile of furs in the corner, and Napoleon, the great emperor, climbed under them, 
as the shopkeeper piled on more pelts and the Russian Cossacks burst in. Where is he? They searched everywhere, thrusting swords into the furs, but no Napoleon. And after they left, Napoleon climbed from the heap unharmed, and the shopkeeper asked, Excuse me for asking this question of such a great man, but what was it like to be under the furs, knowing that the next moment could surely be your last? How dare you ask such a question of the Emperor Napoleon, stammered Napoleon. And as his guards came, he ordered them to blindfold and execute his savior. He could see nothing, but he felt the icy brick wall against his back. He heard soldiers shuffling, rifles loading, and then Napoleon's order, ready, aim. Tears streamed down the shopkeeper's face. And then the blindfold was snatched off. Napoleon just inches from his face, his breath hot. He said, now you know the answer to your question. <clears throat> How can you describe a near-death experience? You can't. It has to be experienced to really understand. Some things in life must be experienced. And this is what happened to Moses, to the disciples. When you spend time with God, when you gaze into his face, when you feel his touch on your life, it's transforming. Sometimes you can't even put it in words. Truly experiencing God's grace and majesty and beauty is transforming in one's life. We experience God's transforming power when, we are, when our lives are changed from unbelieving to believing. At our conversion, our salvation. God's transforming power is present in our baptism. As we become buried with Christ Jesus in his death. And we also share with Jesus in his resurrection, becoming reborn by the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we have felt this transforming power when we come forward and receive communion. As you make your way to the altar, opening your hands to receive the bread and drink the wine. And suddenly a flood of emotions come over you. Waves of God's grace washing over you. When we truly experience God's grace, God's transforming love, we are moved. Time seems to stand still for a moment. Life has changed. <clears throat> St. Peter never forgot that moment on the mountain when Christ was transfigured before his eyes. About 50 years after the transfiguration, just before Peter's death, he was writing a letter. It was in our reading today. And Peter wrote, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father. When that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory saying, This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven. While we were with him on that holy mountain. Eyewitness testimony. It happened. Peter and James and John all experienced it. On top of the mountain God appeared and God spoke. And Peter goes on to say in his letter. We couldn't be more sure of what we saw and heard. God's glory. God's voice. <clears throat> the prophetic word was confirmed to us. You'll do well to keep focusing on it. 
It's the one light you have in a dark time as you wait for daybreak and the rising of the morning sun in your hearts. The main thing to keep in mind here is that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of private opinion. And why? St. Peter writes, because it's not something concocted in the human heart. Prophecy resulted from the Holy Spirit prompted men and women to speak God's word. You see, that's the why. Why the transfiguration happened. To reveal the true nature of God. To show God's power and majesty in extraordinary ways so that we will come to know how deeply God the Father loves His Son, Jesus, and how deeply He loves us. For if He didn't, transfiguration would mean nothing. You see, God wasn't just showing off. Watch this, Peter. God was revealing Himself, bringing Peter and James and John into His heart so they could invite others so they could invite us. The whole transfiguration story that began with Moses on the mountain and continued with Jesus on the mountain doesn't end there. It ends in the valleys. After Moses' mountaintop experience, he returned to the people, his face radiating, and gave the people the Ten Commandments, the law that would carry them forward to the Promised Land that changed their hearts and minds and souls, their way of life. Remember Psalm 99 today that we heard we, we proclaim, proclaim the greatness of the Lord our God and worship Him upon His holy hill, for the Lord our God is the Holy One. But after the hill, after the mountain, return to the valley, go back to the people with God. In fact, here's what happened right after the Transfiguration story. When they came down off the mountain the next day, a big crowd was there to meet them. And a man called out from the crowd, Please, please, teacher, take a look at my son. He's my only child. And often a, a spirit seizes him. Suddenly he's screaming, thrown into convulsions, his mouth foaming. And then it beats him black and blue before it leaves. I asked your disciples to deliver him, but they couldn't. And you see, right after that mountaintop, they were right back into the world. Right back where they were needed. And Jesus said, bring your son here. And the demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into convulsions. And Jesus stepped in, ordered the vile spirit gone, healed the boy, and handed him back to his father. And they all shook their heads in wonder, astonished at God's greatness, God's majestic greatness. You see, God brings us to the mountain so that we can share his love in the he doesn't bring us to the mountain to stay there so that we can enjoy the view. No, He fills us there so that we can give up ourselves in the valleys. We experience His glory so that we can share in His glory. We are transformed by His grace so that we can witness the transforming grace of Jesus Christ to the world around us. And so I pray today that we don't just experience Jesus in worship, in the readings, prayers at the table, but that we take him with us to the people outside of these walls who need to hear of his love, his beautiful love. Worship God today with all of who you are. Be filled up by his spirit, sacrament, word, 
And as we become strengthened today, may we share that loving strength with those around us. God brings us to the mountain so that we can share His love and values. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.